Three years ago, I felt like the Lord inspired me with a sermon series that we called Look for the Good. Here it is. Um, and that verse, or that series came to me with the verse Proverbs, 22, uh, Proverbs 25, verse 2, which says, It is God's privilege to conceal things, and it is the king's privilege to discover them. God, the sovereign Lord of the universe, the creator of everything and anything, um, he has the right to conceal things, to kind of like an Easter egg hunt, like leave them to where they're not perfectly visible, but kind of there. And it is the king's privilege, it is my privilege and yours, the sons and daughters of God, the royalty of God, to find out what those things are. It's our privilege to discover the things of God. That's why you are hardwired to enjoy things like scavenger hunts, um, a good mystery, to literally go out and look for the good. You have it in your physical and spiritual DNA to go out and discern what is true and what is false. Look for, seek out the good. It's part of who you are. God made it so. And so today, in honor of Independence Day a couple days back, we are going to look for the good in freedom. Specifically, we're going to identify what freedom is. We're going to look for the good in it. And then just between you and the Lord, we're going to kind of evaluate how am I doing using my freedom for good. So let's define the word. Merriam-Webster's defines freedom as the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance, without restraint. It also says that to be free, freedom itself is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. We live in America. We're not imprisoned. We're not enslaved. We live in America. We do have the power and the right. We brag about it all the time to each other and to other nations. We have the power and right to speak, to act, to think however we want. Um, I think that we would all agree that as Americans, we enjoy this right. So we're going to do a quick little pop quiz to help us see how are we doing as Americans, as a country, using our freedom. I need one guy to represent the guys and one girl to represent the girls. Bube, you were here last time. You can't do it. I need a guy and a girl. There are prizes. So Sam, sorry, Miles, Emma, make your way up here. You guys give it up for your volunteers, your tributes. All right. Right here. Right there. So for each correct answer, each of you will get a ring pop. And you, hopefully you end up with more than one. And then you can share if you want or keep it to yourself. No. Um, and then I will just hold the microphone out for you. So guys, you cheer for your Sam. Girls, you cheer for your Emma. Question number one. Statistically speaking, what is the deadliest job in America? Fireman, policeman, student pastor, or president? Fireman. She says fireman. President. He says president. Survey says president. Woo. Roughly one in 10 U.S. presidents have been assassinated on the job. That's rough. America. Oh, I like it. I like it. Question. Not, but now I don't know. I'm going to have to count on who won. All right, forget it. Question number two, how much trash do Americans generate in a day? 87 million pounds, 560 million pounds, 
1.4 billion pounds? How much trash do Americans generate in a single day? C. He says C. Are you sure? B. She says B. Answer, C. America produces 511 million pounds of garbage every year. That's a lot of trash. All right, question three. True or false, English is the official language of the United States? False. What? True. You said false. Do it. Say it. Do it. True. She says true. It's false. The U.S. has never established an official language. Just to be clear, what's the score? <laughs> what's the score? I'm a little dumb, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's three to nothing. Question four. Anybody, it's, it's anybody's game. Question four. True or false, the U.S. government spends two cents, uh, sorry, ten cents to mint a nickel. That doesn't sound very smart. True or false? True. She says it's true. True. She says it's true. You're both right. You're on the board. Way to go. Question five. True or false, only two-thirds of America's $100 bills are actually used by Americans. True. She says it's true. True. He says it's true. It's false. The $100 bill is one of America's leading exports, and only a third of them remain in the United States. Bye-bye, all of our money. All right. No, you got it wrong. Question six, true or false, Apple has more money than the United States Treasury. True or false? True. Is it? True. Is it? It is. Apple has twice as much cash on hand than the entire United States of America. Apple, can I get a loan? You guys both got it right? Did I really? Show me. No, that's candy. That's not candy. Technically, I held it out, and you were like, <laughs> Do you want a Band-Aid? No. Oh, my God. If we could put a Band-Aid on your tongue right now. All right. Question seven. How much money does the American government borrow every day? Four and a half million dollars. Four billion, five hundred thousand, uh, five hundred million dollars, or four hundred and fifty million dollars. I guarantee the answer has a four in it. B, she says, C. I don't want to hurt you, so. C. C says C. The answer is B. Yeah. That's a lot of money. That's right. That's right. How many do you have? Three. Three. Five. Five. <laughs> she was so excited. Three. Question eight. If you have $10 in your pocket and no debt, you are wealthier than 5% of all Americans, 10%, or 25%. C. C. She says C. You're both correct. Anybody got 10 bucks? You're doing all right. Question number nine. The United States makes up blank percent of the global population of inmates. 7%, 12%, or 22%? 22. 22%? C. He says C, 22%. The United States The United States makes up 22% of all prisoners in the world even though our global population is only 4. 
That is a, it is not something to brag about. Question number, wait, did you guys both get it right? Did I already give you candy? I can't remember. I didn't get any. All right. It's six to four to five. Five. Did you steal one? No. I don't understand. A recent survey, the boys are winning, of 50-year-old American men revealed that blank percent actually consider themselves happy. And this is in a country that says right there, the pursuit of happiness. 10%, 30%, or 50% of men feel like they're actually happy. 10. 10? 30. 30. It's 10. Oh, that's sad. Sam, way to go. Emma, still very good. You guys give it up for your people. Throughout the world, America is known as the land of the free. As a result of that mindset, we're free. We, we can do whatever we want. We can say whatever we want. We can say it to whoever we want, however we want, because we're free. We're the land of the free. And as we've established earlier, freedom is power. And in honor of Spider-Man, I will give you a quote, probably the best thing that's ever come out of Marvel. With great power comes great responsibility. How are we doing using our freedom responsibly? There's a litmus test for that in Galatians chapter 5. Brothers and sisters, that's me and you, you have been called to live in freedom, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your selfish desires. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law, everything in this book can be summed up in one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, Watch out. Beware of destroying one another. God himself has called us to live in freedom. It's a God concept. It's what he wants. He loves the fact that we are the land of the free. It's his desire for us and all people. But he says, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Here's another question for you. How do you think America is doing in your generation? Are we serving one another in love? Is that what you see? Is that what you hear? Is that what the nations are recognizing? Or is this what you're seeing? Are we devouring one another, attacking one another, not just arguing, but yelling and hating on one another? Here's another quote that I have heard multiple times over the last two or three years. There hasn't been this much divisiveness, turmoil, and strife in America since the Civil War. Again, another thing that, man, not a proud statement, not a proud thing, that there has not been this much divisiveness and turmoil and strife in our country. This is our home since the Civil War. Why is that? Why is that true? Why is that happening? I think it's because we have been given this powerful tool, this great 
gift called freedom. But instead of using it to bless others, we're using it most of the time to just bless ourselves. And if you need evidence of that, you do not have to look very far. You could probably just look at your closet and see that we're using the prosperity and the blessings that God has allowed our country to enjoy for so long that we're just blessing ourselves. This is the largest closet in America. Would anybody like to take a guess of where it is? Kardashians? It's in the Woodlands, Texas. This closet, and you'll notice there's a staircase because it's two stories of closet. Nice. Um, was featured in like Home and Gardens or something, Vogue, I don't know. And within a month, <laughs> some dudes went and robbed it. But look at this closet. I mean, I'll be the first to admit, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Brooke would love this closet. I'd love to be able to give it to her. But, man, you look at this. Do they really need all of that? And think of your own closet. Do you really need all of that? Here's another picture. I went to India, one of the, one of the poorest regions of India, which... Um, has a, a huge population, a lot of poverty, and I met this young lady, and I had this sweet exchange with her for just a moment, and I, I'm asking her about her, like, where's your shoes? This dress that's held together with a safety pin, that's all she owns. That's her only outfit. So when she goes to her closet, it's not which dress, it's that dress. That's it. That's my choice. You want an example? You want to take a test? Like, how are we doing with our blessings and our prosperity and all that we have been given? Take a look at our garages. Is this familiar for you? Does this remind you of your or a friend's garage around town? It, it reminds me of mine. I mean, look at all that stuff piled. I mean, there's old furniture in there. There's like antiques in there that are worth money. There's Chairs and stuff and clothes and just excess. Contrast that to another woman I met in India. I talked to this lady for half an hour. She lives on this stoop, and that blanket she is curled up in is her only possession. That's all she owns in this life. And I will tell you that this woman that is a grandmother and begs for food on the street and only owns this blanket talked to me for 30 minutes, she could not stop smiling. She was so full of joy, but that's all she owns. There's a sermon right there in that. You want to know how we're doing using our freedom, whether or not we're using it to bless ourselves or others? Look at your refrigerator. Man, this is a picture-perfect example of what my refrigerator looks like. Does anybody have a refrigerator where you go in and you kind of move that one thing, and you're like, oh, yeah, there's those ribs from April. Or what's wrong with this mac and cheese? It's green. Like, we have so much in our fridge that it goes bad before we can eat it. <laughs> if you have a sensitive stomach, you can close your eyes for 10 seconds. Contrast that with this man that I met in India who, while we were talking, like, stops paying attention to me, and leaps into the bushes and comes out with this mongoose rat and pops its head and continues talking with me as he skins it and cooks it. And I'm like, what are you doing with that rat, dude? And he's like, this is like dinner for my family. We have refrigerators that have food in them that's going bad. 
while other people like are jumping into the woods to catch a rat to gratefully feed to their family because it's all they've got. I did not try the rat. All right. What happens based on these stories? What happens based on your understanding of where I'm going? What happens to hoarded blessings? You got too much stuff in your closet, what happens? Well, you get moths, and they eat the clothes that you haven't even worn in a year or three. What happens when you got too much stuff in your garage? Well, if you have too much stuff in your garage, go look in it. Go move a box. There's mildew growing. There's stuff going on. The things that you're saving and set aside are literally falling apart. And don't even get me started on the fact that we are a country that has storage units as well. We got so much stuff it doesn't even fit in our garage. We got to rent other garages for the stuff that we don't even see or look at for years. What happens when you got too much food in the refrigerator? It rots. You guys, hoarded blessings rot. Remember that statement, hoarded, me, 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 it's all mine, I just, I want it even though I don't need it. Hoarded blessings rot. This is a material principle of life and a spiritual principle of life. God warned us about this in the Old Testament in a story you probably know. When God rescued his people from slavery, from the Egyptians, and they're out there in the wilderness, and they, they have needs, they're hungry, and so they pray, God, feed us. And God literally rains down manna, food from heaven, food that the angels eat, food that no other living man, woman, or child had ever tasted. God rained it down overnight. And as they are about to go and collect this heavenly food that God provided simply because a prayer of faith was lifted up, Moses, their preacher, their leader, gave them a warning, which is just as true for you and me today. Moses told them, do not keep more than you need. Only take what you need to eat for today. He'll rain down more tomorrow. Do not keep more than you need. But some of them didn't listen, and they kept, they hoarded extra manna until morning. When they woke up, they found that it was full of maggots, and it had a terrible smell, and Moses was very angry with them. Hoarded blessings rot. You see it in your refrigerator, and we see it in our hearts. We see it in our souls. Galatians 5 said, all you need to do is love each other. That's it. I'm giving you freedom. Love each other. But if you don't, if you use that freedom to just only satisfy yourself, what are you going to end up doing? Biting on each other devouring each other, complaining about each other, gossiping about each other, attacking each other, looking for ways to get revenge on each other. And God says, watch out, beware, because you'll end up destroying one another. Example of this idea of soul rot, of having so much and being thankful for nothing and just wanting more. Who's been shopping on Black Friday? Oh, it's banana sandwiches. It's crazy. This is a very typical picture of an electronic store on Black Friday. These people are wigging out like it is just a mob. It's chaos. Some are laughing. Some are videoing. But those people in the center are like freaking out. Fights happen at this thing. People get trampled and go to the hospital as a result of this thing. And I could understand that if they were showing up to get some food 
because their family hadn't eaten in a week. But they're showing up to get $50 off a TV. They're showing up to get the brand new iPhone. How much do I really desperately, life or death, need that? For me, two years ago, our best buy right over on the Lake Woodlands, it was Black Friday. It was crazy out. It was the middle of the day, so like the, the rush had passed, but there's no real end to the rush. There are people everywhere. People are having a hard time finding a place to park. And this dude grabs a spot that another guy was waiting for. And I understand that that's frustrating. I don't like that. And I will confess to all of you, I have done that to people, and I've had it done. Neither way, I didn't feel good when I got it, and I definitely didn't feel good when I took it. But this poor man, I mean, I don't know what was really going on with him or what was going on in his life, but he didn't just get mad. He got out of his car, left it right there in the middle of the parking lot, unparked. And he starts screaming bloody murder, full of obscenities at this man who took his spot. And the man was like, you know, whatever. And he walked into Best Buy, and I was already walking into Best Buy. And that man left his car running and ran after that dude and beat him with his fists at the entrance to Best Buy with kids watching. I mean, talk about some soul rot. How could he possibly be that upset about a parking space? He wasn't. There was clearly something else going on. Now think about it. When you go to Best Buy at Christmas time, it's not because of a life or death situation. Odds are he was going to buy a gift to bless someone, and he ends up beating a man bloody. There was clearly something else going on. So let's ask a question. Why do people attack each other, bite, devour each other? Well, it happens all throughout Scripture, and it happens all throughout humanity, history, when we put ourselves in what I want over what my neighbor wants. If my mentality is me first, I'm the most important person in the womb, I deserve everything and all the best, overthinking that for you, I'm going to invite some rot into my heart. I'm going to pervert the way that God made me to be as someone who he says, use your freedom to love other people, not beat them up for a place to park your car. So a question for you, just between you and the Lord. Now would be a great time to break out your prayer card if you would like to write something out this morning. But here's a question just between you and Jesus this morning. Where are you having a hard time controlling your emotions? controlling your temper? Is there anything in your life that has more control over you than you have over it? Um, if you're like, I don't really know how to answer that, then just think of this. Where are you snapping at people? Like you have such a short fuse in this area of your life. If you don't know, just ask, like, Lord, where am I struggling with that? Where are you complaining, like, uncontrollably? about this, that, or the other. Do you have that? Do you wrestle with that? Where are you losing the battle to control temptation? If any of those things, you're like, oh, definitely with my sister, or definitely with this, or definitely with those guys, just own it. Just admit it. Just be willing to acknowledge it, because we're going to do some business with Jesus in just a few minutes. Um, if you have something like that, or one of those things like exactly like that. You may be wrestling with some soul rot. 
Um, I wrestle with it too. I have been so selfish with my time the last couple weeks, and I'm working on my computer, not just here, but at home. And Brooke asks me to do something, which is basically asking me to love someone else, love my own family. And I get so angry. Why? Because I think that my time is about me and my computer. When there's my kids and my wife with a newborn, clearly I should be spending my time loving them. But I get really angry when they infringe on my time. I've got some soul rot because I have been thinking poorly that my time at home with my family is morally about, more about me than them. And I need to work on that. And I knew God was going to bring that to mind this morning. Brooke Bear, if you're listening, I confess my sin. I love you. All right. Um, if you are losing your temper or losing control of your emotions, maybe you've got something going on, what's the solution to this rot? What can we do to fix it? I'll show you a video to demonstrate the answer. Stop. Just give me two minutes of your time. Two minutes and you're going to be happy. You ready? Let's go. You are in Africa, in a little town in Senegal. The kids are playing in the background. The sun is hitting on your face. People here don't have anything. No car, no internet, not even light. Think about it, no lighting. Complete darkness. scientific fact that these are some of the most happiest people in the world. So what is it that makes humans happy? One day I asked someone in the village, what are you going to do today? And he answered, today I got to walk with my friend. Whoa, never did I hear this before. I got to? If I'd asked you what you were doing today, I'm pretty sure you would have said, I have to go to school. I have to eat with my friend. But do you really have to? Or do you get to? Maybe we've been lied to, lied into thinking we needed more stuff, always more stuff. The truth is, you can break free from that lie and realize that your happiness is right here and right now. If you're able to watch this video right now, you're already one of the most privileged humans in the world. And with privilege come choices. You get to choose what you focus on. You can choose to be happy. So don't be silly and focus on the bad things, focus on the good things. your heart beating, it's in your voice singing, it's in your foot touching the ground, it's in all those little things that you already are. Go out there, go shine your light, tell the world, tell the world that happiness is free, they need to know, right? Go tell your mom, go tell your family, go tell everybody that happiness is free, and don't ever let someone tell you they need to buy something to feel better. You can share this happiness with the world, you can smile at strangers, they will feel better, this is amazing. I'm so happy for you, congratulations. If you are finding yourselves enslaved to your own selfishness, if you're finding yourself enslaved to the pursuit of stuff, a great way to break the cycle of that slavery is to love other people. Um, to change the way that you think from have to to get to. You, every single one of you and me in this room, we get to choose life. We get to 
choose to love others. We get to choose to resist temptation. We get to choose to look for the good and like Him, call it out and point at it and celebrate it and invite other people to be a part of it. Um, There are so many noteworthy things in those two minutes and 13 seconds, but my main thing was that guy like exploding with happiness and joy. Why? Because he's using his freedom to love other people. And he mentioned in there that like he grew up living the lie that I'm supposed to be all about pursuing stuff and money and things and status, and he called it what it is. That's a lie. I'm here to love other people. And you couldn't like stop that guy from smiling and feeling grateful. And that is God's will for me, and that is God's will for him, and that is God's will for every one of you. With great power, freedom, comes great responsibility. Here is a picture of the power that God has given to every single one of us in this room. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Today, I have given you the choice. That's power, you guys, from God who made the universe, who could have just made us do whatever we say whenever he says it, like, you're my, like, I'm going to force you to do everything. He gave us choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. That is the power that God has given every single one of us in this room. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. And now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make today. Oh, that you would choose life, God's saying to you today, so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This decision is the key to your life. This decision of choosing God's way over the world's way, of choosing to serve others rather than yourselves, of choosing to be selfless rather than selfish, this decision that we all have and get to make every day is the reason you and I were born. Heaven and earth are watching all day every day. What are you going to choose to do? Are you going to love that person? Or are you going to devour them and attack them? How are you using your freedom? Are you choosing your way right now? Or are you choosing God's way? And the, the beautiful thing about choosing is if you've been choosing poorly, you can change today and start choosing wisely. Here's what God has to say to every single one of us in this room right now. Be careful, brothers and sisters. Don't let your sin Don't let your pride, don't let your anger, don't let your lust or your laziness, don't let your disrespect, don't let drugs or alcohol, don't let anything that's not me and love control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. You know well enough from your own experience that there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy your freedom. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. Or you can choose 
to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God that Jesus set us free from sin so that now we may wholeheartedly obey his teaching. Be free from your slavery to sin. Become slaves to righteous living. We are slaves to whatever we choose to obey. And just imagine there's two doors up here. Door number one, you can choose to obey the God of self. And some behaviors that come with that are you will constantly be comparing yourself to others. I hate that. I hate when I do that. I hate how it makes me feel. I never come out on top, even when I come out on top. Another behavior of choosing to serve the God of self is that you will complain about all kinds of things. Even when you have more than enough, you'll complain about what you don't have. That's horrible. You will gossip about other people when you feel you're more important than others. That is not a good feeling. You will use substances or excuses or bad behaviors to hide your hurt, to prevent yourself from actually dealing with the real problem. You will hoard blessings, and you will watch them rot right before your eyes. Another behavior is that you'll potentially, and I don't know, I've been a student pastor for over a decade now. I've never met a single student that didn't struggle with this. You will look at pornography, and I don't know if there is a more clear example of a behavior that rots our soul than looking at pornography, of looking at pictures of people and thinking they exist to serve my needs. I will use this image of a person, an idol, to satisfy myself. And you know the rot that comes in from that behavior and the fact that it will rot your relationships and your future relationships. Looking at and acting on pornography is changing the way that we think so that this person that, oh, I love, actually only exists to serve my physical needs. That is not God's will for you. It's certainly not his will for any of us. And after a while of walking in one or several of those behaviors, you will begin, if you haven't already, to notice those behaviors will control you. They will control the way you think. They will control the way you act. They'll get inside of you. They will consume your thoughts so that you can hardly even think about anything else. And you will become a slave to fear and shame and guilt and ultimately death. And as I say those words, I know there's some of you in this room, you're like, Or, you have a choice. Door number two, you can choose today to obey the God of love. No more obeying the God of self. I'm going to obey the God of love. I'm going to give it a shot. And behaviors that come with that are, you'll start comparing your temperamental, changing everyday feelings to the never-changing truth of God's word, and you'll start to realize, oh, this way I'm feeling is actually not true oh, this thing that I feel tempted to do is actually not good for me. You will start to praise other people instead of seeking praise for yourself. It feels so good to lift up your friends and point at them and celebrate them when they do well. It feels so bad when you're just trying to seek that praise and attention for yourself, especially when you don't get it. You will start to go out of your way to bless other people, and you will feel so good doing it. Just look at our little friend. You will start to deal with your hurts and the root of them. And it will be hard, but it is good and it is healthy and it is freeing. 
you will start to share everything. You'll share everything you have because you'll realize that your grip on the material things of this life that do not really matter and you definitely can't take with you when you die, your grip on them will loosen. You'll start to hold them more freely and you won't mind. In fact, you'll look forward to opportunities to give them away. I guarantee if you go home today and look in your closet for stuff to give away, like I challenged you to earlier, that when you're done, you'll think, what else can I give away? You will pray for people and seek what's best for people instead of using them, which is what our country is really wrestling with right now. And after a while, you will begin to notice that those behaviors will start to control you. They'll get inside of you, and they will fill your thoughts and your heart and your mind, and you'll realize, I'm becoming a slave to life and peace and love and Jesus, and it is good. It is certainly better than door number one. Bailey, you guys can take the stage. We're going to respond to what we've heard today by writing a couple prayers down, inviting God into this moment. I have complete conviction that every single one of you that listened to what I had to say today know of one or two areas that you can pray about. So we're going to do that right now. Grab your prayer tag and your pen, and I'm going to walk us through three things that you can lift up today. Thing number one is, man, if you're like, I don't even know how to begin to love other people. I don't even know how to start putting others first. Like, I am a selfish person. I am a, a snob. I'm a snob, you guys. Then you can pray right now today, Jesus, change the way that I think. Jesus, change my heart. I can't, but you can. You write a prayer like that by faith. He will respond. He will encourage you. He will change you. But you got to choose to ask for it. So do that. Jesus, change my heart, change the way that I think. If you know a specific area that you need to change, write it down. Change the way that I feel about this. Change the way that I think about that. Over the years, our country's gotten pretty selfish. We certainly live in a very selfish region of our country. And so let's pray. Let's do something about it. Let's ask God this morning, use me to, to be selfless. Use me to serve others. Lord, would you use me to be a blessing to others? Why don't you ask the Lord today, just write it out by faith. Would you give me an opportunity today would you give me an opportunity every day this week to be a blessing to someone else? Don't let the sun go down before I am just hit with an opportunity to bless someone, to encourage someone, to open the door for someone, to listen to someone and not give my own opinion on their problem, but just hug them and love them. Give me an opportunity to bless someone today. Last question that you can write. You 
guys, those statistics I shared about our country earlier are true. They're real. And there's many more like it. And it is a sad state of affairs. But God loves America. God loves our home because it's part of his creation. Would you just take the time to write, God bless America. Your country needs it. You need it for your country because you live here. Our leaders need it. Our military servicemen and women need blessings. They need protection. Would you just write out a prayer? God, would you bless my home? Bless my city. Bless America. Would you bless our country and make it look to you and your ways again? Just write a prayer for your homeland. God loves it when we pray for our, the place that he put us. you're still writing, please continue, but I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to respond. We can respond by bringing the tithe, by bringing our offerings, which your prayers themselves, you can bring those too. But you guys, we tithe, we give money, stuff to God, because it helps us realize, man, I, I need Jesus way more than I need this paper in my pocket. Um, I want to faithfully declare that I depend on God way more than I do on my, my things. That God gave me the things to begin with. So you can bring your tithes and offerings this week. You can take part in communion. You guys, communion is us saying back to Jesus, thank you for the fact that he lived and died today's lesson. He came and died to set us free. He gave all of himself. The whole time he was alive, he gave himself to this. And he went all the way to the cross to give himself for this. He gave his life to set you free. What a great example. Take communion and just say, thank you, God, for this example. Help me be like you. And we can worship. We can sing. We get to sing. We get to stomp our feet. We get to celebrate. It's such a gift that we get to sing prayers and praise to the Lord. You guys... We're going to close with good, good Father. And that is why we're doing all of this, because it's for our good. God says, obey these things because they're good, because they'll set you free. If you are feeling enslaved to something you know is hurting you, praise God, worship God, because his way is better. And you can choose it today. Later this week, if you find yourself in a place of deep frustration, where you have no control of your emotions, Take that as the tool that it is. Wait, something's wrong right now. And just sing. Just go and bless somebody for no good reason and watch as things change for you. I'm going to pray and you guys respond as you feel led. Lord, thank you for this place. Thank you for the abundance of good things you've given to us. We love you. We declare today that you are the giver of every good thing, and you do give us, you do supply more than we need. And so help us change the way that we think. Help us to receive all the good things you have given us and are giving us, and may we use them to bless other people. You say that to whom much has been given, much will be required. If we use well what you're giving us, you're going to give us even more. So help us be faithful with the 
the little amount we may have today. And I pray for immediate, I pray for quick blessings as we obey you and enslave ourselves to you because it is good to be yours, Father. Pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.